and welcome to Don't Spoil the Ending. Did that a bit differently that time? A bit, a bit of a different inflection. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, welcome to the show. This is episode 48. Uh, I'm Joe. I'm Sam. Hi, I'm John. We're on Zoom, so don't expect <laughs> top quality. Um, yeah, you're still in lockdown, aren't we? Yeah, how, how, how is everyone? How is everyone in lockdown? Well, I'm fine, but I've got a question for Inman straight off the bat. Inman, are you there? Uh, yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Good, good. How are you feeling? Are you okay? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. But I'm getting more and no. more nervous as you, what? depending on this question. <laughs> <laughs> no COVID symptoms or anything? No. No, feeling feeling okay at the moment. Yeah. Oh right, okay. <laughs> I only mention it because we uh, we had a poker night like two weeks ago. And if yeah. my memory serves, like you, you were flying away in the lead that night, absolutely, ha- you know, winning the poker night. Yeah. And then you choked the time you were choking all night after that. <laughs> Some serious choking going on. Uh... <laughs> you sure you were okay? Did. I threw it all away, yeah. I choked, like you said. I was in the lead, <laughs> doing pretty well. Had the uh, chip lead, did pretty well. And then, uh, yeah, to, right at the end, it was sort of a. Uh, None of the cards were uh, coming up for me, and uh, Ben pit me at the end. Yeah, by so, my account, uh, I mean, it's usually like me at the end, or sometimes Joe or Ben, maybe. But and at one point, you had something like I think by my count, fifty-eight thousand chips, and Ben had like twelve or something. You actually read some notes there. I've got to knock it down here. <laughs> Somehow he turned it round, clawed it back and managed to win. Yeah. For like the first time, the first time online he's managed to do it. I yeah. I thought, I'll, go on. I thought I'd just uh, give Ben the win. Just I thought I'd be terrible. That's, that's, I, that's I, the I, reason. No, that's the I'm real not, reason. Right. I am drawing the line here. And we're not having this. Not having this. We've got you two absolute losers at poker sat here. Slating Ben for winning a poker game. <laughs> not that. Well, it's worth mentioning, if Finland had a won that night, it took my crown. I was the defending champion. So Again, yes. again, no. <laughs> I, yep, yep. No, there are only two people in our entire poker group who are actually good at poker. So, you know, that's not you two. So. <laughs> well, well. Just the other latest chapter I, in the poker night. So I'll be honest, I'll be honest. I had a really good run of hands where I was running really hot, and I knew this. I knew where I was running, running hot, and I was getting dealt the cards. So I was playing on that to get to the stage where I was, and that's where my luck ran out. I wasn't getting anything, and there was a point where I did try and bluff Ben, and it didn't come off. Called it, and that's where he got back into it. Um, and that's where we were. He just overtook me on the chips, and I think his experience then paid off. Then in the uh, in the final two, and uh, that's where it, he won. Joe, you want to say something there? <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard the story of Icarus, Sam? <laughs> Flying too close <laughs> to the sun. <laughs> Yeah, came crashing down. Or, well, I don't yeah. know. Is that the story? Did he... <laughs> <laughs> That's not the story. He just would have, would have burnt up, wouldn't he? But uh, yeah, I've not, I've, I've not seen a capitulation. Have you, have you heard like the story that. of Icarus? <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen a capitulation like that since like Trump went in. Yeah. Did I just get interrupted by a, a very loud car? 
yeah, sorry, motorbike going past, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it's like there was more chance of, um, yeah, the, the game crashing and burning than you losing that game. But somehow... Whereas I actually crashed and burned. <laughs> yeah, you, you, were there, you, were there, you were there saying to yourself, don't let this slip, don't let this slip. Um, and what happens? <laughs> I, I, I ran out of luck. That's all it was. Yeah, I, I, I would agree yeah. with that. But, oh, uh, well, yeah. commiserations, man. Yeah, better, better luck. Next one. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Now we got that out of the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's what's everyone been doing? Uh, what what you want to talk about? What should we What should we make a start with? What subject? I've got a. Uh, I've got a bit of news. If that's okay. Congratulations. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> bit of news uh, they've announced today that Cineworld will be opening on July the 10th have you heard about this? okay I've not heard of this no yeah official today Cineworld in the UK reopening on July the 10th so uh, yeah I don't know, don't know what films we're showing yet but it'll be reopening on in a month's time what restrictions have they got in place for that? Is that like limited number of people in each screening? Like, I imagine it will be. They've not actually announced anything yet, but they have said there will be uh, social distancing measures, but I don't know what they'll be. But I imagine, like you said, probably like only so many seats can be uh, filled in a theatre. Yeah, like every other seat or something like that. Uh, yeah, I imagine every, every, other, every two seats maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Which is perfect. That's what I do anyway, to be honest. Bit of a bit of breathing room. So. Yeah, I mean, every close. time I've been to the cinema, it's, uh, yeah, most people, I mean, you get like 10 seats to yourself anyway, so. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys know, have you heard of Tenet, the new uh, Nolan film? I've heard of it. There was a lot of uh, talk about whether that will be pushed back to Christmas because no one wants to take a gamble with releasing a film in this COVID environment, you know what I mean? Like, people are scared that no one will go to watch the films. So they don't want to release a big film in that era, in that period, mm-hmm. sorry, because they'll lose money, basically. But Nolan's adamant he wants it out in the summer. So I think they're moving Tenet to the 31st of July. So it looks like we will have one big film in the summer to go, uh, to go and watch. Right, okay. Um, I, I'm sure, didn't they do something with Trolls? Because that came out. Yeah, that's know? right, yeah. That's Trolls right. World Tour, yeah. Yeah, so like, um, I feel like some people were annoyed with that. I can't remember. I don't know if we have we spoke about this. Have I just heard this elsewhere? It was a news story at the time. Cineworld had, and it might have been Orion as well, uh, said they were having a boycott of Universal films. That's right. Be- yeah, because Universal put Trolls World Tour straight to digital instead of waiting for the thirties to reopen. But it made like uh, made like over hundred million dollars on digital for them. <laughs> so, yeah, trolls world saw like you know. <laughs> think, think about it. Like the perfect time to release a film like that is what about two weeks after lockdown lockdown starts. You know, when you've got the kids, they're driving you up the wall, and you're just yeah. seeing like, oh look, a brand new film. Just <laughs> just buy that, and just you know, that's, it's just it made millions. But yeah. um, and so because of that. Silly World apparently like threw the toys out the tram. They were a bit like, "We're not going to show your films anymore." But I, they'll change the mind. That won't be a, that won't be a thing going forward. I yeah, guarantee it. No. Oh, interesting. Um, PS Five was uh, shown off um, last, ah, last week. Yeah. You know? um, what initial thoughts? 
I, I can't wait to play it, but I think it looks very ugly and big. I've heard that a lot. I've heard uh, there's lots of memes about it. How it looks like a router, a router. Um, yeah, uh, looks like a duck, not a full duck. Yeah, just, just I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I don't mind it, um, but um, I don't know. I've I've always swayed towards Sony rather than um, other consoles. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. I think I like the control. Oh. oh. Sorry, our Zoom meeting's been upgraded. <laughs> oh, excellent, excellent. Oh, nice. Fantastic. Um, so they're fans. Brought, fans brought to you by Zoom. Brought to you by Zoom, yeah, sponsored. Um, what was I saying? Oh, PS5. PS5. Oh, my, <laughs> my, my head. <laughs> it's gone. Um, so, yeah, like, <laughs> with PS5, <laughs> the, the controller I'm, I, I really quite like. Like The first time I saw it, I wasn't sure, but... It's properly grown on me now. I could take it in like either color. Um, PS, the console though, it's it looks it's very big, and I can't imagine where it's going to sit without looking odd in a room. Uh, in, unless you unless you buy the black version because you can get away with that. Um, well, are might... they doing a black version, or is it just white? Well, no, I think it is only the white version. So, like, I posted that black version, but that is only a mock-up. That someone's done i think so there isn't but i'm gonna guess that they will eventually do a black version i would say point, they're gonna release but... one at, at release date as a black one i'm, do, I'm sure well, they will i'm not sure on now after the after the backlash kind of thing when was the last console that didn't release in two colors PS3. Not sure. no ps4 would have no well it didn't come out just colors, did no maybe it was maybe it was I don't think I'm it'll sure come that... out in two colours. I reckon it'll be a lot later down the line. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know how... I mean, I like the idea of a white one, but I think I think black's better for, for every room. <laughs> like, yeah, definitely. It won't stand out as some like weird-looking alien monolith in the corner of your room or whatever. Um, so, yeah. Just the shape of it as well. Like, I'm not a fan of the shape of it. Have you guys seen my TV cabinet that I got from the, the new telly a few months ago? Tell the listeners. Oh, I mentioned it before, I think, the other TV, but did you guys ever see that cabinet I had for the big telly? I bought. I had to buy like a new cabinet for the TV. Did you no. guys never see it, no? Not see it, no. Oh, right. That is like a massive cabinet. I measured it. I literally can't fit my PS5. What? <laughs> I literally cannot fit it standing up in that cabinet. Like, I'm going to have to light that. <laughs> It's yeah, ridiculous. it's a mad one. Have you have you looked into maybe getting the digital version of the the console? Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking about that actually. Yeah. A little cheaper. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, I was blown away by some of the games. I thought I thought the actual graphics were were amazing to yeah. at least come out of the console. It's funny for me because I've turned more towards laptops and stuff for me gaming recently. So, like graphics, graphics are never going to be better than on the PC. Um, so I'm kind of used to a better quality, you know. So it's so, but yeah, I was still blown away by the graphics on the PS5 because seeing that type of stuff and the complexity of some of the stuff that was going on, it, you know, it, it's unheard of what it looks like for consoles, at least. Yeah, you, you know me with the uh, reveals and stuff. I'm a, I'm a bit cynical. If the games actually look like that, I'll be very shocked. You know what I mean? The uh, the always oversell stuff. 
Sorry, Mike. sorry, John. Sorry, John. Uh, Spider-Man Water as uh, an example. Exactly. Yeah, Spider-Man Water. Going back ten years to the PS3 launch, they did a whole like Killzone Two sizzle reel for it, which turned out was just like an FMV video. It was like it wasn't even the actual game. They were showing like the actual game launch like yeah. two years later. It didn't look as good as the FMV video from two years earlier. <laughs> 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 they've got a track record of doing stuff like that. So I watched like a supercut of all the all the uh, games that were sh- shown at like the uh, launch video, and it sort of uh, I was trying to put trying to go through them all and sort of like look at how many actually showed gameplay, and it was only like the it was only minimal amount that actually showed gameplay, and it was so yeah, how many actually come out looking like like how they did on the uh, on the trailers is is going to be debatable, isn't it? Sort of, uh, yeah. yeah. Like you say, like the graphics do look absolutely stunning for some of them. Gran Turismo looks phenomenal. Like just, I was, I was going to say, Gran Turismo, Gran Turismo is the best example there. Where you know when you when I was looking at it, I remember seeing that and I was like blown away. I was like, yes, it's mm. the nice looking car game on the new console. Can't wait. I want to I want to see what it looks like. And then they show it, and it's like almost photorealistic. It's like it's getting yeah. really good. And then, yeah. but then I remember like looking at the gameplay when you were sat in the car, and I was like, "Yeah, this this doesn't look as good when you're actually just in the car." It's no. just it's the, it's funny because the the outside the outside of the car looks realistic, like completely realistic. Um, and I'm sure the inside's yeah, like game, yeah, but like when you go in game and you start playing it, it's like oh yeah, it's just, it's just a game. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Stray look pretty good as well. Like, I like the look of that, but I don't know whether I like the look of the theme of that rather than uh, neon cat. The sort of like the uh, the ambiance of it, yeah. Like a cat in Tokyo. Yeah, I look quite quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested. Uh, I think the only one that it's one of them that like the only one I was really interested in was Spider Man Miles Teller, but I mean. It's just the same game again, isn't it? You know what I mean? The uh, same as the first one. Pretty much should be better, gra- better graphics by looking at it. I'll I'll take more of that Spider Man though. I was I quite enjoyed that last game mm. from what it was. Um, gameplay was good and story was good. So worth mentioning there. It's currently on the store on sale for twenty quid with all the uh, game of the year DLC. Yeah, I've uh, played this DLC. Game. Have you have you played the DLC before, John? Or? No, I never played the DLC. So. That's why I thought I'll buy the digital copy and get all the DLC. Normally the DLC is like about 18 quid anyway, so I thought I'd just get the game with that for 20 quid last night, so i to go back and play it again. So? Um, jumping back to PS5 then, I think, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'll, I'll be buying one. Uh, they don't really need to sell it to me. I'll, I'll, just, I'll be buying one. Um, I was going to say that. This reveal really isn't for people like us, because we're, we're going to get no. one either way, aren't we? You know, it's for the people yeah. who are on the fence, who are not sure which one to go for kind of thing, trying to sway them over to that side. But, uh, but yeah, we'll definitely be getting one. Yeah. Sam, are you getting a console this year uh, when they come out? No, I mean, I got the Xbox One when that came out, but, I mean, Hunter's not a console gamer anymore. I'm barely much of a gamer at all anymore. Um, just play the odd game here and there, but... Uh, but mainly on laptop, uh, like you say. But well, if we're console. done with PS Five, I'll, I'll, we can move on to we can move on to a laptop tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, That's sort of. Um, there was a <laughs> there was a bundle package that I saw the other day, which was the 
uh, it was on itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality. Um, and basically it was sort of like loads of um, game producers um, that sort of like chip their games into sort of like this massive bundle and sort of like all proceeds were being put towards like the good causes for the political movement. Yeah, Black Lives Matter and political movements that are yeah. going on at the moment without getting into that side of things that, um, at the moment. Uh, but like it was like 1,700 games in this bundle uh, that you could get for like $5 was like the minimum uh, it's like suggested amount that you could put in. Well, I think like ten dollars was a suggested amount, or like the average amount that was being put in, but the minimum was five dollars. Like the overall amount of all these games was uh, nine, like nine and a half thousand dollars for that you could get for five dollars. It was absolutely mind blowing that you get that amount of game, but like <laughs> that that amount of game producers were putting putting those games into a bundle for it. So I picked that up. I mean, I think we were saying. Oh, I was saying earlier, sort of like, I reckon I could never buy a game again, and that'll probably do me for uh, forever. So yeah, I don't need a PS5 now. I don't think you're set for life now. Yeah, <laughs> I did scroll through some of those games, and um, the one I did see a couple. I can't remember what they were, but I think one was um, the Catastrophe. It was like the cat destruction game. That sounds worse than that. Sounds more menacing than it actually is. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I remember looking at that list. Was it on um, Humble Bundle that? Uh, itch.io. Um, I don't know whether they do. I don't know if that's in connection with Humble, Humble Bundle or anything like that. Um, uh, I have played one game off there called Overland. Um, it's pretty oh, yeah. good. I, I, I put like an hour into it, into it or something like that. Um, it's basically sort of like a mini survival game where you're sort of like you've got a trek from one side of uh america to the other but you do it sort of like grid by grid so you've just you've got to get from one side of the grid to the other and it's turn-based sort of like point and click and the idea is that you sort of like um by getting from one side of the grid to the other um you got to Either use a car, which you then have to get petrol, which you got to then locate on the map, and you got to search through bins or sort of like you have to locate and things like that. But there's uh, like monsters. It's sort of like derelicts uh, America. So that's pretty good. But you got to bat them, bat them away with sticks, which only have like a number of uses and things like that. Um, that's pretty good. That that's pretty hard, but. That was killed, killed like an hour or two. Um, <laughs> but I, I think like most of the games will be like that, just like loads of mini games that you could complete in sort of like, I think a few of them sort of said they like five hour games or something like that. So you, you just pick them up, put them down and that would, that would be it. But yeah. I mean, there's enough there how to, many uh, the, uh, to go at. How many of the 1700 have you completed so far? <laughs> Uh, I've only attempted the one so far. <laughs> we'll keep a, we'll keep a, an update on this week by week. Yeah. And I'll, t- <laughs> I'll keep taking them off. Yeah. I've got the um, list of those games, by the way. Obviously, not the full list because I'll be here all day. But some of the <laughs> some of the ones they immediately jump out. Uh, 
Night in the Woods. That's that's an amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I highly recommended that on this podcast a couple of years ago. I, I that. That's worth and, the five bucks uh, isn't it? Uh, definitely, definitely. Uh, Celeste is on there. That's that's obviously a sort of high, highly regarded platform that has been free everywhere though. Like yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been free in, in numerous places. Um, I think I've got two copies of that. I don't know how. <clears throat> yeah, I have. I'm sure I have. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find what that cat one because I'm sure I saw a cat. I, well, this one is a picture of a cat called Democratic Socialism Simulator. So you are going to you are going to get a lot of weird stuff on here. <laughs> um, <laughs> cat lateral damage was the cat game. Um, so it was a different cat based uh, word for the, uh, <laughs> for the for the feline. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you you do you go oh you got PQ Niku which I got for free on was it I, where did I get that free that was free. oh um, sorry not for free I got that for ninety nine p or something on Switch in a sale um, uh, right. that's alright for an hour um, but yeah no you you get loads for that um, if if we're talking laptop and sort of computer games and stuff I've been playing two games mainly one's called Hello Neighbor have you heard of that yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, no, yeah, I have. It's like a spin-off called Secret Neighbour or something like that. I think it is, yeah. I have heard of it. It looks interesting. It's like an evil neighbour or something you've got to like, spy on or something. Or... Oh, I don't know. It, it looks cartoony. It's cartoony. Um, yeah. Hello, neighbour. Is that not the game where you've got to, like... Is the neighbour like a, a killer or something? He's a bit of a weirdo. Like, so I've, the reason I get onto this game, it's not a good game. It, it's a, it's oh, a... right. <laughs> It's a pretty poorly, it's a pretty poor game, but it seems to have done well on YouTube amongst kids, right? So yeah. these kids these days, they're all watching streamers and stuff, which still baffles me because I didn't realize that four-year-olds and stuff will be on YouTube, but they are because I've got proof because my, my three-year-old's doing it. So <laughs> he, that's how I found Hello Neighbor because I remember looking at it thinking, what are you playing? And the game's premise sounds interesting. You could make a good horror game out of it where you've got to go find out what's going on in the neighbor's house and he's creeping around his house and you've got to try and stay away and stuff. So it's like, it's, um, it's almost like a survival puzzle game that kids seem to love. But well, the first thing I think of when you mentioned it was my nephew years ago loved, uh, five nights at Freddy's, whatever it was called, five nights at Freddy's, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like that, that kind of like horror puzzle survival game or something. Yeah. I, kids I, though. <laughs> yeah um on this one you like there's some really weird stuff and stuff that you could seem as a bit dark but um yeah i've enjoyed playing that with me three-year-old <laughs> he's, he's, loving it. he's like break that window and i'm like okay <laughs> so yeah we're playing that um don't recommend it but if you've got a kid then it might be worth you know if it i wouldn't say young young but my three-year-old seems to like it so that's fine um but yeah, my main my main game and my main sort of time sink over the last say what three four weeks has been Civilization Six. Just can't get enough of that game. Like from the minute I started playing, it was like I could get into this. And then after you know you you're trying to learn a game and you're trying to like figure it out. It's not always like fun. But for this, like I remember playing like the first game and I was like, I don't really know exactly what I'm doing, but I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And I'm just thinking like, don't overthink what I'm doing on it. Cause it's like a puzzle. It's like a puzzle strategy sort of thing. Not a puzzle. It's it's like a it's like a turn-based city building strategy game. Um but yeah, even when even when I didn't know what I was doing, I was like, I'm getting into this. Um 
yeah, I, I, it's, it's a great game. I've never played it, but like uh, back on the Mega Drive, there was a game called Pop, not Populous, uh, Megalomania. Remember that? I remember Populous, but not Megalomania. Megalomania, like that was the first kind of like, is it like a god sim kind of thing? I suppose that's how you would sort of look at it, yeah. And I really, really got into that back in the day. Like, that's the only real kind of game like that that I played. That and Theme Park. And after that, I just kind of like tailed off and never went back to him kind of thing. But I'd love to play it. But just getting, like, I know I know a game like that I would put hours into. So it's kind of like, I've stopped yeah. playing probably probably. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, with with uh, Civ 6, I've literally, like, I was looking at the DLC, like, probably two days after I got it for free. Got it on free on Epic Store. Um I feel like I'm always mentioning them now, but they are—they're just doing class-free games every few days. I can't, yeah, yeah. I can't really moan. Last few games have been like GTA Five. Like I understand everyone has anyway. Um, uh, Civ Six was on the the Neo Geo collection for Samurai Showdown was the latest one. Borderlands, yeah. Plus your recommendation, I got that Samurai Showdown collection, which is, which I've not played it yet, but that they're class games and uh, Borderlands, the Handsome Collection as well. That was on there a few weeks ago. Yeah. Well, they've, had, they've had loads. They've had loads of stuff on there. It's just for free. But um, yeah, it's like can't fault it at all. They just they just try and get people into the system. Um, but yeah, it's I'm not going to turn away Civ Six. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, they'll, um, go on, Sam. Signed up for uh, the Epic Game Store, like off your recommendation. Um, but like, I think the last two games that I've signed up for, like. Haven't been available for Mac, which is like my my, my <laughs> main main runner. Um, I feel like so most of your problems end up coming down to uh, <laughs> yeah, got a Mac. So mm, yeah, so it's been disappointing that like the last two that I've signed up for haven't been available. But um, I should have signed happened. up earlier because then I could have got Civ Six for free. But the you, I mean, <laughs> I was you, I was banging on about it for days. You did, and days. Yeah, but I mean you were. You've uh, you sold it to me anyway, quite literally, because I picked it up on Steam um, in the sale. Uh, yeah, recently. it was twelve so, quid. Uh, twelve, yeah, twelve quid. Um, so I mean, um, yeah, th- that's worth that. Yeah, um, like the amount of hours that you put into it you, and everything that you said about it sounds like a game that would be uh, um, I'd be interested in. So I can't wait to put put some hours into that and start playing it. So. You- yeah, no, um, it's like the music and the um, the actual characters and stuff. So it's got lots of world leaders on it, you know, through history. Um, but yeah, they've characterised them, and you know, I it's I highly recommend that game. I've spent far too many hours on that since getting it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, but that's yeah, that's that's mainly what I've spent my free time doing. Cool. So I've got one game if that's okay. Of course. Yeah. Be really quick. Uh, I think I mentioned it the other week, but I replayed Uncharted 4 a few weeks ago. Uh, <clears throat> purely because I'd seen like a, a video review of it on YouTube. Played it when it came out and loved it when it came out kind of thing, but uh, it didn't grab me the way the other ones did, but I uh, saw this video re- review on YouTube. Really got me back into the idea of it. And gave it another go and like, played through the whole thing in like four nights. And like it just blew me away. I think partly part of it was playing it in 4K because it does look a lot, a lot enhanced in 4K. You know what I mean? Like it, it is a, still a, a really good looking game, even though like it's five years old kind of thing. 
but it was it was great. Uh, and like the main thing for me was like how kind of like grown up the game was. Does that make any? You played it, Joe, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How like grown up everything felt about it. Like uh, the first three feel like Indiana Indiana Jones films kind of thing. They always end up with some like mystical aspect to them. Do you remember that at all? Yeah, especially with the second one where you've got like Yetis, like um, is it Yetis at the end of the second game? Well, it is, but the uh, they then reveal them to be people wearing costumes, but they then go oh, on. Yeah, of course, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, but they then go on to even like go further, and then you have this like you find a fountain of youth or something with like this little blue goop that makes it like invincible and stuff. You know, all that kind of side to it. And like the hanging you know gardens of Babylon and stuff like that. Yeah, like um yeah, when like you said then, like in my head I still remembered them as like real mythical creatures because it is a mythical thing. Yeah. Um but yeah, I remember thinking like the costume thing was terrible because literally yeah. literally they, they had like superhuman strength and they were like ripping people apart and stuff and it's like, oh we were just in do costume. this. Yeah, well, they do yeah. a Daft Bait and Switch thing where they, they, they make you think like, ah, they're not really monsters, they're just people scaring people away. But then they go on to show that actually it is actually a true thing and you can't, <laughs> they have got like this fountain <laughs> of youth. And, you know what I mean? They undo yeah. what, all the good work they did kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. The original trilogy is all like that. They all have like this weird uh, supernatural aspect to them at the end, like Indiana Jones does. But this fourth one, I don't remember, but like you... you you're searching for Henry Avery's treasure, an old yeah. pirate. That's right. Spoiler, like, you, do, you do find it at the end. <laughs> yeah. But there's no like supernatural element to it. It's just about like you're just tracking down pirates from, you know, like yeah. 200 years ago kind of thing. That's the one where you're on the island, isn't it? And then you start raising all the statues. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, like statues point in directions and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, no, I, I remember, I remember loving that. Um, I, f- I feel yeah. like it was probably the best one. I, I agree. Like, uh, people are quite snippy about it, saying that the third act lasts way too long and stuff. Mm. And it, it is long, but I don't think it's overly long because it's just all about like character development and stuff. I don't know if you remember, but like the whole arc of the game is that like Nathan Drake is getting too old to be doing stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's like one last adventure to get like uh, get it out of the system kind of thing. And at the end, he like settles down with Elena. And again, spoilers here, but the very end of the game jumps forward like 15 years in time to when like they're both in the late 40s, early 50s, and they've got like a kid and they've just yeah. retired. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's just an amazing ending. Like, if you, you play the daughter at the end of the game, do you think they're uh, going to be a spin off? Uh, well, they've done the spin off, the uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy, uh, which I also played. It, it's not as good as Uncharted 4, but it's definitely worth playing though. Yeah, it is good. But they uh, they make a little joke in, in the spin-off. Another thing that people have a go about, have a go at Uncharted Four for, is the use of crates. Do you remember this? But whenever you're in a tricky situation, you just got to find a crate to like climb up something or or push off something to like solve the problem. Yeah. And like the first thing you do in, in the spin-off is a uh, it's a puzzle with a crate, and it all <laughs> goes badly. And like they make a joke in the game, so like, right, we'll never, we'll never do that again. <laughs> and there's just no more crates after that. <laughs> That's pretty good, pretty good. That's just nice. like North Dog. Yeah, they're like uh, addressing the fact that they know that they went overboard with the crates, and I'm sure I thought. Well, um, uh, North Dog have got Last of Us Two coming out soon, haven't they? Yeah, I forgot about that. It's out uh, this Friday. 
Have you heard much about that? No, I've not even seen trailers for it, but I'm going to get it on Friday, so... I've heard some of the gore and violence in it is almost hard to stomach. Well, just the screenshots I've seen look pretty creepy. It looks like totally different from the first one. As if they're like cultists or something, stuff like that kind of thing, so... Apparently it's just a relentless... Relent, like a relentless um, stream of just... Apparently it's very... Um, Oh, what I'm trying, I'm trying to say, it's like, I've heard that a lot of the scenes are quite abrasive. So what I mean by that is that it's very sharp and to the point. It's like, it's, yeah. So like there's, there's a lot of violence where it's a lot of fast paced sort of gory um, things. So like hard hitting stuff like. Apparently so, apparently so. So we'll, I mean, I'm looking forward to it because I, I only played Last of Us probably, what, two years ago? I, I was talking about Yeah, that. I actually listened to our old pod then and heard talking yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I ended up absolutely loving that game at the end, so I would hope that the second one is somewhere close to that, because it's a very hard game to try and follow up on that. Yeah, well, it's, it's Naughty Dog in it, so I think uh, if anyone's got a good track record, they have, so... Yeah. Well, um, they like almost... Him. Last of Us almost skipped the entire generation, because Last of Us 1 was on PS3, wasn't it? Well, it was right at the end of the PS3, yeah, like 2013. It was like this one, six months before the new one came out. Yeah, it's mad. Yeah, well, like, actually do, that, do the same again. It's like they squeeze, they're squeezing every last like drop out of the PS4, I think. Um, I think, yeah. I reckon this will be the peak graphical performance of this console. Well, I think uh, I think the last one was as well, when it lasted us, was probably the peak of PS3, I think. So they're doing, yeah. yeah, they're following, uh, following the formula, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just one last thing about Uncharted 4. Like the absolute highlight of the game is a uh, chapter 12. I don't know if you remember this at all, but there's a chapter where uh, your brother Sam is being chased by an entire like convoy of like uh, oh, shore, yeah. shoreline military. Yes. And you're, chasing, you're chasing the convoy to try and save Sam. Yeah. And just that entire, it goes on for about 10, 15 minutes. It's like when I was playing, I was just like, Sat there like a kid, like just giggling and clapping your hands, kind of thing. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's is it the stuff where you jump in between cars and stuff? Yeah. yeah like the way it starts off, like you throw a rope onto the back of the convoy, and they go over a bridge, and you get dragged through the water, like alongside you. <laughs> alongside <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Just everything about it, like it's just incredible. The uh, and that still, it's like five years old, and that's still one of the best like yeah. video game sequences I played. I think it was so good. Yeah, no, it, it, uh, it's a, it is amazing. It's an amazing series, that. So just definitely one last thing now. They actually, in The Lost Legacy, they try and like do a thing like that where they're basically just ripping that scene off. It's still good, but it doesn't work as well. You know what I mean? Like It's yeah. nowhere near as good as the Uncharted 4 bit. So. Both great games, though. Very good, very good. Um, are we done with games? Do you want to move on? Yep. Uh, television, how much of what have you watched? What have you done? You know what? I've got no TV. I don't think I have. Um, I've got a couple of bits of TV. If uh, go on to that, go. Um, yeah, yeah. I've got. I watched uh, Space Force, which was on Netflix recently. <laughs> I watched oh, episode one. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, I didn't really like it. Uh, I've watched the whole thing, but I thought it was the whole series. The whole series. Yeah, but I thought it was pretty dismal, to be honest. <laughs> um, there were some okay parts, 
where I thought it was like there were a couple of chuckles, but that's about as far that it got out of me. I thought it was just trying way too hard. Um, and it was just, I found a lot of it just really wasn't funny. And a lot of what it was trying just failed to land a lot of the time. Um, and a lot of like, yeah, a lot of the punchlines just did, just didn't work. And a lot of like the setups and everything like that just, just, yeah, failed um, for me. Um, I Steve Carell. Sorry, go on. Yeah. What did you think of yeah, episode was- one? I was just gonna say, when, uh, from watching watching episode one, I was like, I uh, I didn't mind it, but I, I feel like I was like properly trying to enjoy it because all he right. needed to do was make the U.S. office in space, and I that would have been a perfect program for me. But yeah, it didn't. I know what you mean about some of it not hitting because some of it I did that genuinely laugh at a couple of parts in the hmm. first sort of episode, but yeah, I've, I've it's not made me want to go back and watch anymore. No. Um, Can I just jump in there? Like, uh, Joe mentioned then, like, I've never watched it, but, like, for me, a thing with stuff like this is that they try and follow a formula almost, and they they must have thought, like, the Office US works, let's get that. Let's get a lot of people involved with it and some people who activate it and just make another comedy like that. But the reason that worked was the concept, like, like the mockumentary thing in an office. There's a lot of comedy you can get from that. You know what I mean? It's natural naturally funny stuff. I was expecting, John, like somebody spilling coffee on the space controls, do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, like, like office-level stuff kind of thing. Like, Yeah, um, but I, I didn't get that. I got, yeah, like, yeah, that's just not that. Well, well, yeah, I, I actually just laughed at you saying that. Yeah. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Sorry, I, I actually just laughed at you saying that, but that, I would have found yeah, that quite funny, but they didn't do that. <laughs> Imagine someone walking along and then spilling coffee on the space controls and rather than say, you know, what you're doing it's like the the the, the, the scenario there is just absurd yeah. like david brent like managing a space launch or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> like just you just imagine it like all the things that could go wrong in, in, in like in a space thing but with the idea that you've got a crew of stupid people who panic over stuff um and all you need is just the characters from the office but rewritten in space not a perfect show though i said i think they've forgotten about that bit and they just thought like Oh, we'll take we'll take all the people, we'll take all the talent involved. Just put the new concepts, just put them in space. It's like it's not a naturally funny thing, no. is it? You know what I mean? Like it's not like a it's not a setting for comedy. <laughs> it felt more like a drama comedy, like you know. Uh, just, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's how I was kind of feeling it, but I, it's yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure of it. It's, it's almost like they tried to mix some sincere parts in, uh, which probably weren't needed um the reason the, oh sorry uh, sam i'm talking all over you again but the okay. reason that sincerity is a good thing to have in a comedy mm. but when it's used when you used right so as we were talking about the us office there there's some points in that season in that series that are really poignant it's the same with the us of the uk office and i don't know why i'm comparing space force to the any of the, the office anyway because you know there's, there's not it's you know it's not the same but when it's used in those shows, they build up to it properly and then they do it properly. Whereas yeah. what, what I'm hearing about Space Force is that, I don't know, it's not it's not that. It, it doesn't work because it doesn't build it properly, maybe. Well, can I jump in there? Like like you mentioned there with The Office and stuff, Like this is the thing for me with Ricky Gervais with his TV shows. The reason The Office works so well 
is because it's 95% like cringy humor. And occasionally you get these like big sentimental payoffs at work yeah, yeah. because you've gone through so much. Whereas he did Derek and he's done Afterlife and they don't work as well for me because it's just, it's too maudlin. It's always doing these like big dramatic like themes throughout. You know what I mean? It's like make it funny first and then maybe sprinkle in a few bits of drama here and there. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. focus on the comedy first, the drama stuff as an afterthought kind of thing. It's way too keen now on like making everything like all dramatic and serious yeah. and maudlin. Yeah. I think the Space Force was one bit where, like, with the sincerity part, with where he had, there was one bit with his daughter, which was like, which came across quite well, but all the bits with his wife um, just didn't like that. Those sincerity or sincere parts just didn't land either um, for me. Man, it's just, I, yeah. I, I mean, I've, I watched all of it. I found it like fairly easy watch. There were quite. Yeah, some quite funny, I, funny a decent and, background watch. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I had it on. I was on my phone the whole time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> using using the uh, Nick level of uh, uh, judging TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's it's yeah. the good scale. I, I like that scale. Yeah, I know it's a scale of like, <laughs> are you on your phone? <laughs> I know yeah. that's the entire scale. <laughs> but, um, I still I still like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, any other TV? Anyone? Uh, the other one, I've I've mentioned this one before, um, but I've recently started watching it again. Is uh, comedians in cars getting coffee? Uh, oh, that's funny because I listened to the podcast where you talked about that as well the other day. <laughs> Our old podcast. <laughs> I'll be interested to see how my comments match up again. Then, uh, <laughs> so this is is the Jerry Seinfeld. Just go listen one. to that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Jerry Seinfeld one really short episodes like between sort of like 15 and 20 minute episodes every week he, or every show he gets a different comedian uh, picks them up and then go takes takes them for a drive ends up at a coffee house and then they discuss different topics where whatever it's just ad lib it seems um, I I mean there's Tons and tons of episodes to choose from. It ranges, like it says, 11 seasons. I think, I'm not sure how Netflix does it. It's all, they're all on Netflix, but they split them into volumes. Oh. I don't know whether don't know whether that matches up to the exact seasons that it is on the listings I'm looking at on IMDb. But basically, I'm just going through and picking like the comedians that I quite like. Because when you go through the episodes on IMDb, the ratings differ massively between a lot of the comedians um, of how good the actual episode is, which is. I imagine the level of chemistry. I imagine the level of chemistry is what ends up being the rating for the episode. Yeah, and you can tell that between some of the the episodes that you watch, like how well Jerry Seinfeld gets on with the, the person that he's. Um, that he's taken out and things like that. It's sort of uh, you, that does come across in the episode sometimes. Uh, he did one well, with. I mentioned Jim- Evan, yeah, go. So let's jump in there. After listening to our old podcast episode from two years ago, you mentioned one about Larry David, and yeah. it really made me want to watch that episode. Now. <laughs> <laughs> there are some really good episodes, sort of like um, 
he did one with John Oliver that I watched recently and sort of like that's a cracking episode like but John Oliver He's comes good John across Oliver. really well yeah John Oliver's cracking sort of like he, he comes across really well in it and I think John Oliver is the one that really makes you want to watch it um, so maybe it's the subject matter of the other comedian that and but like you say how well they converse and things like that he did one with Judd Apatow though where it looked like it was a bit of a struggle to actually get a, a full conversation going between them, um, right. which was quite funny. It's sort of like watching them sit down at this at the table in the uh, coffee house and uh, awkwardly get the conversation going between them, sort of like while it cuts between them. I think I'd rather watch that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the cringy nature of it, like that, that sounds yeah. really interesting. <laughs> Yeah, it was quite good. Uh, I like an actual episode of Seinfeld. You mentioned John Oliver then, Sam. Yeah. Yeah, he, John, John Oliver's done well for himself. Like, he, he's, he's, fully, mm. he's fully done it over there, hasn't he? He's, he's fully moved over. Um, yeah. I remember seeing him on Mock of the Week and listening to uh, the Bugle podcast that he was on. And yeah. then he would like pop up on the Daily Show with John Stewart when that was on. Um, but he pop up just as a you know like one of the guests like they have like insane guest sort of um, reporters and stuff and he would always play one of them and then I think John Stewart left for a couple of weeks to go do a film and John Oliver ended up filling in but it was this dead it was like I watched the whole run it was it was really good because it was literally mm. like this British guy like dead unassuming and just just proper like smashed it every single night to the yeah. point where HBO offered him his own show because it off the yeah. back of that. He does uh, last week tonight, doesn't he? Yes, which um, I yeah I watch that now and again. I, you know, yeah. he's 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 done well for himself. Congratulations, watched, John Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the one last week, which he did um, on police, which is obviously uh, it was quite uh, damning, obviously. Uh, but that I would like to give that a watch. It was really hard hitting, it, but like the way obviously he does it is like it was. Yeah, it was an astounding watch, to be honest. He, he did it really well. Um, I think it was probably unlike a lot of his other episodes, but all... He's all done some serious ones, you know. He's, yeah, he's, done, yeah. some, he's done some... Uh, he, I remember doing him, him doing a good, like, 20-minute um, piece once on, I think it was WWE going to Saudi Arabia um, and accepting, like, money off them and stuff. I think it was someone to do that. I'm going to fact check that before I, I, I uh, <laughs> he, go further. He's got into a uh, bit of a spat recently with the UFC guy. What's his name? Dana White. Oh, Dana White, yeah. Yeah, um, he's got into a bit of a spat with him recently and they've got, because he, didn't he, when Dana White said they were going to do UFC on an island, he said, um, they started copywriting a few names. And they said, oh, uh, John Oliver said, oh, well, you've missed the most obvious one and, they said, oh, you should call it UFC, like SEA. And then UFC actually went and copyrighted that <laughs> using John Oliver's like suggestion. And it was like, yeah, it's all kids. It's all like kind of uh, spun <laughs> off from there. It's quite funny. Yeah, the, the, the rant he went on about WWE was about uh, Vince McMahon and um, the basically you know like wrestlers dying <laughs> and not having health care and being treated as like an independent worker rather than <laughs> an employee yeah. sort of thing and he, he i remember him going and ran about that it was 
he's just very good. He seems to be yeah. in touch with the, the points to take. Like, didn't yeah. he do a thing when, like, uh, after COVID hit, when like Vince cut like twenty five wrestlers from his roster or something like that? What was it? Just basically made the redundant kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's yeah, so smart. Yeah. Um, uh, any, last, any last comments on that show, Sam? I think the last thing I was going to say on it, and I, I said it last time, is that I still just keep expecting more from the episode and the cuts between each segment are so short. You just get 30-second segments of these conversations between two comedians which you think would be able to talk all day and probably have gone out and talked all day that you would just expect that you would get like an hour conversation for this whole episode that you would probably expect to be mostly not have many cuts at all. But you just get 30 second segments of like lots of little conversations. But I just, I want it to be, I want full conversations. I think there was an episode, uh, I can't actually remember the guest. It might have been the David Letterman episode, but he's oh yeah, it was the, yeah, it was David Letterman episode. He was explaining how a joke was going to work on his show. Um, I think the waitress came over, interrupted them basically, and he never got to finish how he was going to explain how that joke was going to work on the show. Oh really? And I was like, <laughs> no, I want to, I want to now know how that was going to work. It left me really yeah, disappointed. Yeah. Was like <laughs> they never went back to it. I was like. Oh, you can't just leave it there. <laughs> it's almost, it's almost like there, Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to, I just, I don't know why they have to be so sure or that it has to be cut so quickly. Nah, but, yeah. That's the only disappointing bit for me, for me, really. Yeah. Can I just throw a teaser in there for something we're planning to do soon? We're planning to do a, a Last Dance podcast, aren't we? Yes, uh, are we doing Dancing with the Stars for this, or are we doing Dancing on Ice? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> the reason I mention it is that the last time we spoke about it, you mentioned Barack Obama, who was on uh, the Seinfeld show. Yeah. And just a little, a little teaser for our, the Last Dance podcast. Barack Obama turns up on the Last Dance, just for no reason whatsoever, <laughs> just for like two seconds or one episode. And he makes some comments about how, like, he loved the Chicago Bulls and he used to look and watch them back in the day in the 90s when, when he could afford to, he couldn't always afford a ticket. It's like, yeah, Burak, you spent your last $2 million on your law degree and you've got no money left after that. <laughs> you to buy a ticket for the Chicago Bulls when they were garbage. So, yeah, uh, look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> call, call, take, call the people out, are we, John? Yeah, call them out, Burak, yeah. A few years too late, I don't... Come on the show. <laughs> yeah, you didn't do that when he was president, did you? Hey, you scared? <laughs> um, right, okay. Well, do you want to move on to films? Because um, yeah, I'd, I'd say we could we could have move on to our main film, or we could we could. Well, I've got a couple of quick films, if that's okay. Go for it. Just to mention, like the weather at the moment is like typhoon weather or something. I'm having Absolutely. lightning flash up in front of me. Here. I was going to yeah, say, I don't know if you've seen it behind, like to the side of me. I've got lightning here and there's rumbles of thunder as well. So that might be getting picked up every now and again. I'm loving well, global warming, mate. Can you hear the rain on mine? <laughs> yeah. 
literally torrential, like absolutely hammering there. Yeah, it's so, um, yeah, it's it's global warming. I apologise for the background noise. Can't you can't hear it too much, Sean? We're all right. Good, good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've got a couple of quick films. If that's okay. I'll Go just mention. Uh, I watched Jaws at the weekend. Uh, I'm going to say nothing about the film. I'm only mentioning it because I got it on 4K. It was released last week on 4K for the first time. Watched it in 4K on on Sunday. Uh, it was the best it's ever looked on home video. But I don't know what I don't know what I was expecting. But it wasn't as good as I was hoping it would be. It's still it's it's very grainy. It's a what 45 year old film now, isn't it? Uh, yeah, very grainy. But in patches, it's very kind of like uh, glowy uh, and grainy. So like some of it, some of the actual like uh, footage shot at water looks amazing because I think they used a different camera for that. But mm. it still looks great. The best it's ever looked. But just bits here and there that's a bit too grainy for my liking. That I was. I don't know what I was hoping for, but it's definitely a definitely an improvement on the Blu-ray. Just not as good as I was hoping for, but you know, buy it. It's great. Yeah. Do you not feel like you've been suckered into just buying more Jaws merchandise? Absolutely. Are you happy with that? I'm kind of happy with it, but I was working out the other day. I think I've bought Jaws about eight times in my life on different formats. I've got like four of them here, you know what I mean? Literally in reach kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. But yeah. Oh, quick, quick, pass me, quick, pass me, quick, pass me jaws free. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a, uh, you know, obviously everyone loves jaws, buy it on 4K, but it's just, again, I don't know what I was hoping for. It's not as good as I was hoping, but it's better than yeah. the so. That leads me onto a film. Um, I, I watched the, uh, the Meg. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, um, didn't mind that. It was daft. Um, Jason Statham, I found pretty good in it, uh, in a sort of fun way. Like, yeah, like a not, action hero way. <laughs> yeah, like it was. It felt like it was very much made with, like, well, as an homage almost to Jaws, you know, at points. Um, and a bit like tongue in cheek as well. Yeah, like just, just. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I enjoyed it. I, I wouldn't call it a good film, but I, I enjoyed it. Can I just throw one bit out there that Go I on. quite like? There's one uh, little fat Asian kid at the end who's just like paddling around in the water. Do you remember him at all? <laughs> yeah. And he's got this like massive lollipop. And, uh, well, I, I slowly think. And they're getting attacked by the shark. And when the shark eventually goes away, he just goes back to eating his lollipop. <laughs> he's not bothered. <laughs> well, I found that quite funny. But, but for yeah, me, the big I... issue with the medic. Like, for me, with a shark film, you want to see a bit of blood and gore. You want to see people getting killed and eaten by the shark and stuff. Yeah. And there's none of that, really. Uh, it's like a film for for kids, basically, and, you know, like for a big audience. There's no actual, like... Yeah. I mean, my main issue with it is that you can never tell the size of something under the water. You can only tell, like, you know, by how scary it looks. So, for example, when you see a great white, coming, a great white shark coming towards you, it is terrifying. But you can't really grasp the scale because you can't tell. Do you know what I mean? You've got nothing nothing to measure it against. Like, when you're making a film about a giant shark, I'm expecting a giant shark. I'm not expecting, like, you know, like a, a big a big shark. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, it, the, no, all, really. the, all the footage under the water was, like, whether I don't know whether they did it as CG or whether they just literally used great white footage and, and manipulated it a little bit, but it just looked like a normal shark film. <laughs> 
Yeah, like, and the thing is as well, making the shark, like, I, I think a normal great white's like 24, and the Megalodon's 84, so four times bigger. Making something loads bigger doesn't make it scarier. You know what I mean? It just makes it kind <laughs> yeah. of, almost if anything, it's less scary, because there's one bit in the film where they tell Jesse Staben, he can literally swim in the ocean, because the Megalodon's that big, that it doesn't care about him, it'll pay no attention kind of thing. Remember yeah. that? It's like, well, that's not scary, then, is it? <laughs> if it's literally not interested in eating people. <laughs> you're, so small, yeah. you're so small, you're insignificant, so it's something so it's, big. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, you, it's that big all that you doesn't even care about, about humans. Or that it could eat your whole, or not that it would just bite your leg off, which would be more, exactly. more pain, painful. And, you know. Yeah, you could I'll just swallow your whole kind of thing. Yeah. It was better than it was better than Chardonnay though. Like that that's it. That's a ten yeah. film. No. Chardonnay is amazing. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I forgot your favourite ta- your favourite film's taken in it, so we're into, we're into Don't mark me down films. on that. Don't mark me down on that. You just you I just think, rated, I, think you you got, oh. I think you're on the record with that in man. On the pod, I think in the past you said taken was yeah. your favourite film. Yeah. I think from that day, Sam, I just started uh, disregarding your opinion on everything. I'm not. I, I know, but I don't. I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying Taken is an amazing film. I would hope don't not. Say, don't take my word on that. I think it's an amazing, great film. This is my favorite. We'll, we'll do Taken right. at one point. There's, the there's two separate <laughs> thoughts. Though. Well, how do you feel about Taken Two? Uh, I didn't really like it. Didn't really like Taken Two. I think I've only seen it once, and I've not seen Taken Three. I've not seen it. Oh. Overdid it. Overdid it. Should have just, yeah. just left it in the classic first one. You know what I mean, yeah. classic. Exactly. exactly. See, Joe and I all the time. It. <laughs> it happens all the time where they make a they make a class film and then follow it up with something that's not as good. And yeah. when you look at Taken, that that should have won an Oscar. Like, yeah, surely. that's the pinnacle. <laughs> I'd say, yeah, definitely the pinnacle of film. Like, <laughs> the cinematography in that. <laughs> I think we need to do a take and retrospective for the whole series. I feel like I am, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when we do Taken, I'm going to end up just like, I'm going to enjoy it, but then for the sake of the podcast, I'm, I'm going to end up just sitting here saying it was just shit. <laughs> um, it got, uh, yeah. it got, when it got released, Taken, it got one star from Empire. And Empire <laughs> never give anything, never give anything one star. Empire are not totally crap though, but. <laughs> yeah. Cinema's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any, any other comments on Jaws, John? No, done with Jaws. Got one more film though, if that's okay. Yeah. I've already spoke with Jimbo about this, but I'm just going to go go back to it again. Uh, Knives Out. Have you guys watched it at all? I've heard of it. I have not seen it. Directed by the genius Ryan Johnson. The, uh, the guy behind The Last Jedi. Uh, I, wa- I watched it in the cinema when it came out before Christmas. Watched it again on 4K over the weekend. I bought, bought, the, bought the 4K Blu-ray. Uh, and I absolutely love this film. It's uh, even better on a second time watch. It's like an old-style Columbo, murder she wrote kind of mystery thing where they show you the they show you the murder early on in the film, and it's all about like how does it unravel? You know, how do they catch the killers kind of thing? Yeah. And it's a uh, Daniel Craig who plays Benoit Blanc, this like French Canadian uh, investigator, a bit like you know, like a 
famous, like Cornwall, basically, uh, who comes in to investigate the murder. And it's the the head of a family who's been killed, like played by Christopher Plummer, an 85-year-old guy, who's, like, worth a fortune. And it's all about, like, who within the family killed him. You know, they've got a, a big extended family who live in the house. Uh, it's all about, like, tracking down the killer, working out. It's just it's really funny for one, like, uh, Ryan Johnson... I feel like politically, it's a, a bit like on my side in terms of like being in the centre kind of thing. He makes fun of like far right stuff and far left stuff in this film. A lot of the young kids of the family, like from different sides of the family, the young lad they call like a baby Hitler because he's so like so far right wing, and the young girl who's at a uni- university, uh, they take the Mickey out, Mickey out at one point, saying that if they don't get the uh, don't get the will to pay out. They can't pay any more for her crypto marks poetry degree. <laughs> Which I thought was a great line. <laughs> so, like, it's just a, a really, like, smart, kind of funny murder mystery. A bit like Columbo. Yeah. Uh, and, there's a, again, there's a lot of, like, stuff about politics in it and stuff like that. They have a housemaid, played by Anna Diarmas, called Marta. Yeah. And she's helping Daniel Craig do the investigations. Because she's like neutral, she's got nothing to gain from any of this. You know what I mean? Like, so he trusts her to be the one to tell him what's what, kind of thing. And there's one bit where he's interviewing members of the family, and like just to show how ignorant they all are, one by one, they all refer to her. One of them says like, "Oh, she's got family from Ecuador." Then the next one in the family's like, "Oh yeah, she's from Paraguay, isn't she?" And the next one's like, "Oh yeah, she's got a lot of family from Uruguay." <laughs> and, and like, Chris Evans is in it, or Captain America, he's in it. And at one point, it's like. What you want about the Brazilian housemate? <laughs> they all just think she's from a different part of South America. Like, <laughs> I, th- I thought it was uh, it was really yeah, good. I like that. I like that. And again, in, on on those lines, like, there's one bit where all the different members of the family are talking to Marta after the death of the, the the head of the family, and they're all saying to her in different parts, like, "Oh, I thought you should have been at the funeral, but I got outvoted." And they're all saying that to her. And it's like, "Oh, you're all outvoted for you by, by the rest of the family," kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like little bits like that that just uh, smart writing. I thought thought was quite good. Yeah, but yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed it. Even better when, once you know what what the mystery is, it works even better on the second time around because you're catching all, all the little clues and stuff that you yeah. didn't catch first time around. So yeah, uh, watch. I think you guys would love it. It's a uh, really good again. Ryan Johnson, absolute genius. Uh, I've never said a bad word about him. Uh, there's one like final line in it where they're at the will reading and like Chris Evans just pissed everyone off and he's just sat there eating like chocolate cookies and uh, Michael Shannon who, who he didn't even mention Michael Shannon's in the film as part of the family who, who's a great actor and he, he's just screaming with Chris Evans and uh, he's just, just screaming at him like the thing is though it all happens in the background you don't even notice it on the first time watch it like you're watching Daniel Craig in the foreground and in the background, Michael Shannon's just shouting at Chris Evans, saying, like, oh, do you want any more cookies? Maybe Harlan left me a glass of milk in his wind, you, in his will, you fucking idiot. <laughs> just all these, like, great lines that you don't even catch on the first time watch kind of thing. But, yeah, uh, yeah I loved it. Uh, 4.5 out of 5. Great film. Very good, very good. You. Uh, Sam, have you got, you got, any, got any films? Uh, yeah, I've got one more that I've watched on uh, Netflix. Um, this seems to be... Um, it's quite well. It's quite an old film, 2014. Uh, I say quite an old film, uh, 2014. 
Um, I was just reading then. I couldn't find a budget earlier, but I was reading through trivia then. It seemed to be like a crowdfunded film raised a budget yeah. of uh, forty-seven thousand pounds, I think it was. Uh, but it barely made that back, or I don't think it made that back in box office. Um, but it's basically uh, it's called Kajaki. Uh, but it also goes by the name of uh, Kilo Two Bravo. Um, it's a war film. It's um, it's about uh, the Kajaki Dam um, and an event that happened in 2006. Uh, a company of young British soldiers encountered an unexpected, terrifying enemy, uh, a dried-out riverbed under every step of possibility of an anti-personnel mine, a mine that could cost you your leg or your life. Um, sort of like really similar theme to sort of like how the Hurt Locker or sort of like Jarhead play out in this in the way that sort of like there isn't too much action as like war films go if you know what I mean um, but it's this one yeah, is like, like sorry can I cut in there mate like the whole yeah. point of Jarhead is like how boring it is isn't it like just mm. the boredom of war kind of thing so you definitely see that to begin with, sort of like with they're all sat around sort of like in their, like where their location is. Um, and some of them saying that they want to see action and things like that and um, that the board and you can definitely see them sort of like lay back and sort of like that they don't actually have anything to do in where they're set. They're just sort of like on lookout, if you like. Um, when something comes up, they sort of like they go off on this little um, scouting mission, um, and that's when they get into trouble. But the trouble isn't actually with the enemy; it's with these uh, landmines that they come across um, in in the dried out riverbed. So it's rather than the action coming from all-out warfare, if you like, with enemy and sort of like gunfight or anything like that. It's sort of like edgy, see the drama comes from, you don't know when, like sort of like, they're just sort of like walking around, you don't know what, what's going to happen, sort of like. Yeah, um, just negotiating the minefield. Yeah, exactly that. And it's, but it, it's great, that sense of sort of like, that being on the on the edge uh, on the edge of your seat that way, um, I found I found myself just like really just pent up pent up like nervousness just watching it. Just but I, I thought it was like just incredible the, the way they did it. Um, but it it just becomes like this story of like survival for this group of young soldiers um, and sort of like how they get out of that situation, how the situation becomes worse, like pretty much worse and worse and sort of like how they can rectify it. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a, thought it was a fantastic film. One of, the, one of the things that I did really like about it was um, they, they like the casting of it. A lot of the, a lot of the actors have like really thick regional accents <laughs> um, rather than everyone sort of having like plain English accents that are easy to understand everyone's got really thick regional accents which i thought was like quite authentic to come across to not everyone is just gonna play play straight and things like that i thought that was really that yeah. was a really nice touch almost 
Yeah. Can I cut in there with a recommendation? Just listening to you talk about that film then reminded me of a, a film called Sorcerer, I think from like 1978 or something. Right. Have you heard of that at all? Uh, no. It's directed by William Friedkin, who did The Exorcist, and it stars Roy Scheider, who was in Jaws as well, Captain, uh, the police chief from, from Jaws. And oh, that Captain, whole film. Captain Police Chief. The Captain, yeah. <laughs> Captain Police yeah. Chief. <laughs> the whole, uh, that whole film revolves around uh, Chief Brody from Jaws having to transport like volatile explosives in a truck across mm. South America. Uh, but like to the point where like if there's a, a bump in the road, like these explosives will go off kind of thing. Yeah. And there's one bit like where it's the South American jungle. He's got to cross this road bridge in like the Amazon or whatever it is in this truck, like, and he's got to get out, like, bit by bit and put, like, new planks down to, like, get across and stuff. And just the tension of that film, like, just, you know, negotiating, like, a bridge in a truck kind of thing. It sounds weird, but yeah. it's an amazing film kind of thing. It reminds me of that when you talk about that, uh, that minefield. <clears throat> yeah, it sounds exactly, like, well, really similar, sort of, like, that that tension of something so simple. But, uh, yeah, yeah. You, definitely, you definitely feel it all the way through this film that, uh, some of the ruse I said uh, that I was reading, sort of like a lot of people uh, were saying that it comes across as really boring, but <laughs> I don't think yeah. that, I mean, that just didn't come across for me at all. Like it, it had me on the edge of, edge of my seat the whole time that I found it like intriguing um, to be watching them. And sort of like you really got, like the dialogue between them like you got the camaraderie between sort of like uh like the men as well and that really came across uh which was which was fantastic like with the dialogue and things like that that you that you got that um as well uh that i thought that came across strong um as a, as a rate, also as well yeah uh just another recommendation uh, for like landmines I watched uh, The Five Bloods on Netflix the other night. I'm not, I'm not going to speak about it now because I'm not taking notes down for it yet. But have you heard of it, New Spike Lee film? Uh, I've seen it on the line, Landmines. Mm. I watched it. Yeah, I'll give that a yeah. watch. Yeah, definitely. There's a few, uh, few landmine scenes in that. Yeah. Cool. Like explosions. Highly recommended <laughs> landmine scene. <laughs> you, you. My favourite landmine scene uh, is from this film. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, as a rating goes, I think it could be a five. Um, five. He's busting out five. five. I did really like it. I'd, I'd definitely be watching it again at some point, and it's up there, sort of like. I, I mean, I love the Hurt Locker, and probably give that a five as sort of like one of the. I've, I constantly go back and watch the Hurt Locker. Uh, I love that as a film, as as this kind of film, and. Um, I could see this matching that definitely. Interesting. I'll definitely definitely have a look into this. Oh. Very good. Very good. Um, uh, any any last things before we move on? I think I'm done. And right, can we we talk about the raid then? Yeah, main film is the, the raid or the raid redemption. If you're in the US, I don't know why uh, they get yeah. that one name, but. <laughs> um, yeah, I've I've not had time to watch this one, so um, I will be listening to your review. Um, so, if you want, who, who wants to take the lead on it? 
Yeah, no problems. I mean, I've just got a few notes. Emily, you've got notes, I believe, as well. Um, I've got a few, but a few bits and bobs here. Now, just jump in, like, uh, in terms of where to start, have you both seen Dread? I think that was in 2012 as well. <laughs> Dread, um, I remember watching I remember watching it. Um, I'd probably think differently about it now, but I remember thinking that was one of the worst films I'd ever seen when it first came out. <laughs> oh, really? I love Dread. But basically, it came out the same year as The Raid, pretty much. I think officially The Raid is 2011, but it only came out in the UK in 2012, if, if I remember rightly. But uh, they both came out the same year, and they both pretty much, for me, have the same plot. Just about like uh, law enforcement going up a tower block, basically, level by level, to get to the top. I've not seen Dread, but I'll have to, uh, I'll have to check that out. I mean, I, I think it's great, but it's weird how similar the plots are. Yeah. Uh, and it's a very kind of like, very kind of video gamey format. You know, uh, I think, have you guys heard of Game of Death with Bruce Lee from like 1973 or something? Uh, that film, Game of Death, was all about going up five levels. And, you know, like he fought a bigger bad guy at the end of every level. Like a basic what video games became kind of thing. Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. There's actually a game called like uh, Kung Fu Fighter or something from like 1984. And it's just that, like going up this yeah. levels in this like dojo or something. Uh, yeah. But it just feels like that to me, like an, an homage to that kind of thing where there's barely any plot to, to know of. It's just that some a police force are going into like a, a kind of drug den kind of thing and they're just working their way up floor by floor to get to the top of the high rise kind of thing. I'll start as well by just saying that not that it affects my enjoyment of the film, but it's the greatest film I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't think there's one drop of colour in this entire film. Like it's just. <laughs> yeah, I feel true. like a lot of films. I feel like a, I feel like most films were like that until maybe like a certain era. Um, well, I get it. Not an original. We thought about this. It, it looks very much like a film from 2012, like uh, and not in a good way. <laughs> there was <laughs> right. a lot of action films at the time that just had a very bland. Try and make everything look realistic and drab and stuff. It's just like, well, I, not, I again, not, go on, John. Sorry, mate. Not that it affects my enjoyment in any way, kind of thing, because it's it's Thailand, twenty eleven. You know what I mean? So I'm not expected to look like you know New York or anything. But uh, yeah, just a, a very grey film. Yeah, I um, I like the idea of a, a grayscale film. Well, I think if as long as you get the lighting right, um, I think we've lost John. Have we lost John? He's still there. Oh, no, I'm still here, mate. Still here. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, I like a film that's black and white. I, I think it can be used very artistically if you do it correctly. You know, the right balances of uh, monochrome. Um, yeah. It's not, not black and white, though. It's just, just grey. <laughs> washed m- murky. out. <laughs> yeah, murky, washed out. Yeah. 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 I think with the lighting, um, one of the things I saw with the lighting was that uh, because of the camera movements and things like that, that they moved around so much, sort of like with a lot of 180 degree shots, that they found a lot of shots were so hard to light that they actually moved a lot of the lights with the camera. So I don't know whether they found a lot of the scenes harder to light that way. Um, maybe. So they just thought to, maybe to fill the entire room. Like. Yeah. <laughs> 
Sorry, I could have cut you off then. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, that they, instead of filling the entire room, that they would just shoot with the camera and then like pair it down that way. Maybe they just thought, like, instead of trying to actually light anything, just just do everything by strip lights, just at the top of the thing, strip lights everywhere, and just do it that way, kind of thing. Like, yeah. and that's why it looks like it was shot in a supermarket or something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just in terms of the uh, like the camera work and stuff. One thing I do like: this was the era when like shaky cam was everywhere. You know, the Bond films that oh, happened. God, it's my the, my least favorite type of camera. That <laughs> exactly, yeah. Shaky cam to make a to make an action film between the years of two thousand and five to like twenty thirteen, it had to be done in shaky cam. You couldn't, you know, you couldn't make out anything that was going on. Yeah. But this film is the complete opposite. Like it's it shot perfectly. You can see everything that's happening. Uh, all of the action is like just basically showcased kind of thing. The whole film is basically a showcase just for the martial arts, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the camera work I was going to say is absolutely spot on in this. Like, there's so much of it where there's lots of fast action, but the camera will pan or turn with it, sort of like absolutely spot on. And because of the because of the action is so quick with the fight scenes and everything like that. It has to be spot on, um, but they were talking about that in some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that I was watching um, with the, the rigs that they were using. That they spent quite a lot of time setting that up. That it wasn't going to be uh, shaky camera, like it wasn't going to be, yeah, like shaky or anything. Yeah, like, like, gonna be, like yeah, it style kind of thing. Yeah, but it wasn't going to be steady camp either it was going to be sort of like a, a nice middle ground but one of the, I, I think one of the shots that i really liked was when he was uh when uh rama was uh axing the floor to make the hole in the in the floor was when the oh, camera yeah. was going down in time with the axe and going back up with it it was just a really yeah. nice shot um yeah, well followed, that's, uh, followed the axe up and down it was really good that's very uh Cube Ricky and that. Have you seen The Shining where Jack Nicholson is chopping the door mm. and the camera follows the axe with every shot? Every shot like, yeah. yeah, very well done. Yeah. yeah. Just, uh, just one thing down on the camera work as well. The, I'm not, this is the first time I've watched it since 2012 when it came out. And uh, actually, that's worth mentioning. On the DVD, I watched it called a fully uncut version. And I don't know what's different between this and the version I watched originally, but. Mm. Uh, I'll come, I'll come to it later, but the ending, the ending confused me, to be honest with you. But uh, well, in terms of the shooting of it, there's a couple of shots where like people get knocked to the floor and the camera follows them down, if you know what I mean. They stood up right, they fall to the side and the camera like follows with them. Do you, do you yeah, get what yeah. I mean by that? Yeah. And uh, at the time, I just thought it was a cool shot, but now, after, after having watched Fast and Furious 7, and that happens every five minutes in that film. <laughs> like, I just realised, I'm like, that's where they ripped it off. They, they got it from the rain. <laughs> they literally do it. Oh, it's so overboard in, in Fast and Furious 7. There's one bit yeah. where the rock's sat on a couch, I think, and the couch gets knocked over backwards and the camera follows it down to the floor. Yeah. And it's just like, they've, they've ripped off the raid completely. All, all that fucking <laughs> old close, close quarters kind of martial arts fight. And you thought, you thought Fast and Furious 7, you were like, there's going to be so many original ideas in this 7th. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it'd be a masterpiece of, of filmmaking, but now they've, 
turns out they've ripped off this film. <laughs> <laughs> Ripping off the classics, you know, like uh, The Raid. Um, there'll be something from Taken in there. You know, the absolute classic, <laughs> classic film. Classic film. Can I just jump back to what Inman was saying about the scene where there's one bit, Joe, where they get, uh, the policemen get cornered in a, in a room. Right. And there's like a whole swarm of people outside the door trying to get to them to kill them. And the only way out was they chop through the floor to the floor below. Yeah. Chop a big hole in the floor and drop down. But uh, I just love that because it reminds me of like John Carpenter films. I'm, I'm sure yep. that happened in like two of his films where I know Prince of Darkness, it definitely happened where people get trapped in a room by the, the, the ghosts and demons. And to get out, they literally take the wall down to get through to the next, the next room kind of thing. Right. right. A little detail. Again, I, I think he probably, these are probably like intentional like nods to like, Kubrick and Carpenter and stuff and all that little bits like that. But. Yeah, and it sounds like it, doesn't it? I mean, it, it sounds like it's, it's piecing together. Um, you know, you can tell where the influence is. Definitely. And I watched uh, like a, a bit of a uh, chat with him on the DVD and he just talked about Bruce Lee constantly about all the times he, he was ripping off Bruce Lee from like Enter yeah. the Dragon and stuff like that. Yeah. If you're going to rip off anyone. Yeah, go for the best, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but may as well rip off the best. <laughs> I think... Um, we're jumping it like uh, I'm going to jump ahead to like the final fight scene, but not yeah to spoil anything. But um, I think I've seen him uh, well talk about the director Gareth Evans talk about the final fight scene, sort of um, that not ripping it off as such, but he's it was in another film with Jackie Chan that the uh, Mad Dog is the like the better fighter of the two other guys that he's fighting, but the two other guys just keep throwing themselves at him. That yeah, that they just eventually break down the better fighter. But it's just such a brutal fight that you just can't cope with it. But yeah, that fight scene is just like it's pretty epic. <laughs> I generally think that's the best kind of. I don't want to call it like martial arts fight, fist fight. That's the best fight I've seen in a film kind of thing. It's just the, that final fight is like incredible. Yeah. High praise. Just keeps, it just keeps going and going and going. <laughs> just mentioned though, uh, for Joe, the character we're on about Joe is the bad guy called Mad Dog, who's like yeah. the main henchman for the, for the, the drug kingpin kind of guy. Uh, and he's called Mad Dog because he's literally like a mad dog kind of thing. He's just We've already seen him at this point, like, murder another policeman. Yeah. He's got, he's got a weird kind of honour to him as well, which is, like, mm. weirdly appealing kind of thing. Like, at one point, he catches one policeman, has him at gunpoint, but he doesn't shoot him. He puts his gun down and, and like, fights him 1v1. as like a kind of, like, Mark Specter or something. Then just breaks his neck. <laughs> <laughs> I think the... Um... The best type of enemies are the ones where you end up, you can sort of familiarise with them or, the, you know, where they've almost got a code. So the best villains are, you know, where they've, you, you could maybe make, um, maybe make a comment that they, they're almost doing what they think is right and it might be right in some circumstances, but like an honour code, like you said there, like that, that makes for a more fascinating villain, doesn't it? Rather than just, oh, I'm bad for the sake yeah. of yeah, exactly. Like it's always crazy. You know what I mean? Like it's more, yeah, some it's more there's some moral fibre there. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I think he says Inman before instead of shooting that that uh, policeman, he puts the gun down and says something like uh, squeezing the trigger is like ordering takeout. Yeah, there's no, no satisfaction <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was quite good. 
yeah, like, uh, I mean, Mad Dog, Mad Dog was that influential in this film. This is a really weird, like, uh, Mandela effect that I've got going on it. Mad Dog appeared in The Force Awakens, the, the, the Star J.J. Abrams Star Wars film. Yeah. As part of, uh, I think it was Kanji Club he was part of, like, part of these, like, rebels. It's in the film, like, literally two minutes, you know what I mean? Like, just as a little, little thing. But he's, the, he's in this, like, uh, gang called Kanji Club. And at the time, they were making Rogue One, which was being directed by Gareth Edwards. But at the time, I confused Gareth Edwards with Gareth Evans, who did this. <laughs> and I just assumed at the time, the reason that Mad Dog was in The Force Awakens was because the director was doing the next Star Wars film. But it wasn't. It was a different guy entirely. <laughs> but I don't know why Mad Dog was there, other than J.J. Abrams loved the raid, basically. Hmm. He just saw the radar and thought, get my dog in for, the, for this one scene kind of thing. But, you know, I mean, it's like a weird, like, Mandela effect thing where I just assumed it was because of one thing. But it's not the case because it, it's a totally different guy. Why <laughs> that? It's actually a guy called Gareth Edwards who did the new Godzilla film and, uh, and uh, Rogue One, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's another, another scene which, which I really like. Um, I'm not that keen on slow-mo in films but i think it's a really good use of it in in this in this scene but um when they're in the sort of like atrium of the building and they're sort of like um they've just been found out uh yeah just being alert like just being alerted and they've got like bad guys up on the floor above them and then uh the SWAT team on the floor below and they're like pinned down um but it's it's really dark, so the, you can't you can they can't see where they are. They just know that they're there. Yeah. Um, and you got someone that's just about to come out the door, and the the guy in the SWAT team's about to shoot, but obviously his muzzle uh, shot or flare will like light up their position. Yeah. And I think like slow mo in that situation like works absolutely perfectly. That the the light lighting up where their position is and then you see the shadows of their position on the walls just works really well like exposing yeah. them um where it then yeah shows where they are um where the bad guys then start absolutely raining down the fire on them <laughs> yeah there's one bit as well one of the guy one of the bad guys there who's shooting down at them one of them gets like a shot in the shoulder or something but like mm -hmm. Just to show like just how evil they are, kind of thing. Like he just like bounces away, bounces off the wall, comes back and keeps on shooting. Like, yeah, it just keeps going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, weird little like intention thing. Like he just won't give up, just back with the gun, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I think like were they? Was he just one of the residents? Because they it was an announcement of the title, wasn't it? Sort of a yeah. You get free, uh, free accommodation for life, free rent for life if uh, you yeah. read rid the building of the cockroaches <laughs> it sounds like dread it is it, honestly it's so weirdly similar to dread everything you're uh, describing is making me just remember dread yeah <laughs> but the thing is like i mean I, I like dread but the action in this film you can't do it justice like genuinely probably the best action film i've ever seen i think like that that yeah that's high praise Again, I, 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 I definitely say it's the best action film. Like, just it's incredible. Like, the it's fantastic, yeah, and it's so hard hitting and stuff. Like, like, uh, oh, there's this one. Sorry, just to go back to the slow motion thing, 
I think there's a bit before the bit you mentioned where they shoot a kid. Yeah. And the like, the kids are used to like alert everyone if the police turn up. And they actually shoot. Yeah, there's a young kid who spotted the police and he's running to set the alarm off. And they actually shoot him dead. But before they do, I think he shouts police, don't he? And he gets yeah. shot through the neck. And like I love the uh I love the way they treat that where one guy runs and hits the alarm. And it's like this weird like red red light on the alarm thing. But they hang on it for like nearly a minute where it's just like it makes you realise that the police are like shit, we fucked up, like yeah. we're gonna get we're gonna get killed. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing that they didn't want to let them do, like to, to alert them that they're there. Yeah. And as soon as that happens, they're like, Yeah, we fucked yeah. up. The worst thing possible quite tense. has happened. Yeah. And like for the rest of the film, Joe, basically, it's just like the inhabitants of this uh, apartment block are just trying to murder the police, and it's just like <laughs> right. just, just fights to the end of the film, basically. I'm imagining a very claustrophobic film. Yeah, very claustrophobic and very grey. Yeah, there's a <clears throat> there's a fight scene in sort of like one of the hallways, which is, um, I mean, I mean, lots of fight scenes in the in the hallways and apart, like different apartment rooms and. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, the, I mean, all the fight scenes are incredibly well done. Um, I think it's mainly around uh, one style of martial arts, but um, that the main character is trained on, and the uh, the director's previous film um, was also focused on, which also had the same uh, lead role. Um, actor in that as well. Um, ah, right. It's not, that isn't called Barando, is it, or something like that? No. What's that called? Um, is that the Raid 2 I'm thinking of? Uh, so apparently he wanted to make, the storyline for Raid 2 is what he wanted to make for Raid 1, but he didn't get the budget, so he made Raid 1, and because that was such a success, he then got the budget to make the storyline that he wanted to do for Raid 1. Well, you did it for right. <laughs> I've got the Raid 2 here on Blu-ray. Never watched it. The thing, the no. thing that puts me off is, like, the Raid 1 is amazing, but it's only like 1 hour 45 or something. It just flies by. Yeah. The Raid 2 is something like 11 hours. <laughs> can't, face, can't face watching it. Like, I was exhausted at the end of this. It's like, you know, it's, it almost wears you out watching it. There's that much fighting and stuff. I can't imagine, like, three hours, well, two and a half hours or something like that. I can't imagine a film that long just fighting. We should do. We should do Daz Boot. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be up for that. (laughs) Oh, we should do a live watch along of Daz Boot. (laughs) Or Apocalypse Um, Now. That's about four hours, I think. (laughs) Yeah, the um, the first film that Gareth Evans did with Eco Uy Uways. I don't know if that's yeah Uways. I don't know if that's how you say it, but um, that's basically. Um, around how he uses his skills in that style of martial art um, um, entirely, but the, like in uh, the raid, he said, they said they wanted to sort of like mix it up. So he uses that style of martial arts, but a lot of the other uh, characters use different style of martial arts. So in a lot of the fight scenes, you'll see different styles of martial arts, which is quite yeah. quite an interesting different take on it. I like that. Like you mentioned earlier, like the final fight is so good. 
I like the fact that they don't hide behind the fact that if they were fighting Mad Dog one on one, they would just get killed, kind of thing. Like the only mm-hmm. way they can beat them is the fact that there's two of them <laughs> fighting them at the same yeah. time. It still only beats them anyway, even though there's two of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just keep constantly throwing themselves at them. Yeah, like Mad Dog is such an amazing character. But like in terms of the action and stuff, this is one of the bits I think that might not that might be in the the uncut bit. He fights some people in the hallway at one point. Is it Rammer, he's called? Yeah. Yeah. And I can't remember what he cuts them with. It might be a knife, but he cuts someone like in the thigh and drags the yeah. knife down the thigh. Like, and it just looks so like brutal kind of thing. Yeah. But, uh, just stuff like that. You're like, oh my God. Like, I mean, it's that, that, was on the, that was on the Netflix version. It's it sort of like, wow. Oh, that's yeah. like, that was, yeah. I remember when I, I saw that. And I was like, that's, that is brutal when I saw that like, yeah it, it's like it, it, it looks it looked incredible for a start that it looked yeah like real looked life gory, thing, yeah. looked really gory like yeah just a few little bits of that knife where it's like oh my god that, that is vicious kind of thing yeah but like I think that leads to a bit where he's being hunted by like four people in particular one of like the lead one's got a machete and he hides mm. behind the wall in an apartment mm. like I love films where like this is like a subgenre of this of people hiding behind walls and then people poking knives through to try and stab them. It's happening <laughs> quite, happened quite a few films of this. My favourite subgenre. Uh, yeah. <laughs> stabbing so through video, walls. It's like hidden in the drywall. Yeah. And the, the people are looking for him and the bad guy doesn't, doesn't know he's there. But he's just poking a machete through the wall to try and, you know, if he's there, it'll kill him kind of thing. Yeah. But there's one bit when, like, he, he does it and he, like, cuts down his cheek kind of thing. You can, you can see the machete, like, embedded in his cheek, like, and I love stuff like that, like where it's like you can't let them know he's there. It's just like his face cuts open kind of thing. Yeah. It happened in the, uh, the Evil Dead remake as well. There's one bit where a girl's hid, hid in the drywall again. And uh, she gets a machete, like, ran through her knee. But again, she can't make any noise to, like, yeah. otherwise they'll find her. And just a very tense little, little scene that's quite good. I enjoyed mm. that. But that leads to a bit where what I like as well in the is the fact that the main guy is not, like, superhuman. There's one bit where, like, he, those four catch up with him, and he runs away. There's another bit mm. I mean. Uh, and he's literally legging it through the apartment block, and he runs into a dead end, and that's the point where he's like, shit, I'm going to have to turn around and fight him. <laughs> yeah. He's, um, he's described as a rookie, isn't he? So he's not even... Yeah, it's actually, like, first day on the job or something. Like yeah. That. So, um... Um, and he kills one of them by uh, he smashes a door through, and he impales the neck on the door shard mm, on the floor, yeah. which is a nice. That's again, I think nice. that that happens in a in Commando. Obviously, not as vicious as this, but Arnie kills Bill Duke by like impaling him on a, on a door shard. Uh, I, I really think, yeah, <laughs> 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 I really think these are like intentional nods, like old eighties action films kind of thing. <laughs> you know, he's just thrown in there, kind of thing. I like the fact that fight two on one. That's, an, that's a, a clearly a nod to Star Wars, the Phantom Menace. <laughs> Quite got an Obi Wan fight Darth Maul. <laughs> there is a, a connections section on IMDb where it, I think it lists a lot of these points of sort of like where it's taken a lot of well, some of these sections in the raid are taken from other films. So, I mean, Gareth um, says Gareth Gareth says that two on one fight is taken. From another film where like where where Jackie Chan is in it, um, but 
where you're no, saying it's Obi-Wan Kenobi, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> sorry I'll, 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 I'm wrong um, <laughs> um, but where where you're saying you know, the knife through the wall where someone's hidden behind sort of like there's connections where it it's saying sort of like there are a few other films which say yeah that's taken uh, from the raid as well so yeah yeah it's quite good like that um uh, one of the other scenes i like is where um the fridge and the propane tank where it's sort of like they look uh, like they're in another dead end in sort of like or stuck in the apartment block um sort of like like two-way shooting through the door and sort of like need a, a way to get out takes a propane tank puts it in the fridge puts it up against the door, throw the grenade in there. Yeah. Um, and then hold it up against the door. That blows, blows like shield kind of thing. Yeah. Blows, blows the, blows them away through the door, but it cuts to, cuts to them back up on the 15th floor to the, the main bad guy who's watching it all unfold on the CCTV. He asks like, Oh, what's the damage on that? All he's bothered about, like, is the rent, really, isn't he? Yeah, getting rent paid. <laughs> yeah. So he, I think the reply is like, "Oh, it's only two rooms," and he goes, "Oh, that's not that's not so bad." I know. Um, Andy says, uh, "Oh, it's about yeah, but that's thirty people that once paid rent who's now smeared on our walls." <laughs> <laughs> and it, but it cuts back to him, and he's got like a completely different like expression on his face but yeah. I thought it was, it was quite funny because he was like clearly wasn't too bothered about it being two rooms but once he found it it was 30 people that paid rent it was just like <laughs> his face the face had just completely changed but yeah. it's quite funny just in terms then, of like how evil oh sorry mate uh, just in terms of like how evil the main bad guy is he called Tammer or something Tammer yeah yeah in terms of how evil he is Joe the film starts by showing you him get uh just randomly executing people in his office for some reason. Nice. You never find out. You don't find out why. Like he's just yeah. got them all lined up. And he's shooting them in the back of the head, and he runs out of bullets when he gets to the last person, so he can't shoot him. So he goes to his his desk to get more bullets. While he's there, he finds a hammer in the drawer, and just <laughs> kills him with a hammer instead. <laughs> it's just, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> the word bullet. The word bullets in the drawer that he could have used. Yeah, that's the thing. But. He went for the he hammer. Just, he just went for the hammer instead. Hammer time. Yeah. There's a, there's a nice shot there, there when. Um, sorry, but, um, there was a oh, sorry, nice shot there when he picks up the hammer and he then uses the hammer on the guy and he smashes him across the head. But the camera moves with the hammer as well, and then as he as it moves with the hammer, it cuts back into the uh, SWAT team van. It's a really nice, like, match cut yeah. back into yeah. the van as well. That was, like, a really nice, really nice shot as well. It sounds like it's got some good camera work, this film. Yeah. Like, cinematography, you know. Um... Yeah. That is something worth noting. Like, on the, on the little chat I watched with Gareth, Gareth Evans, that's in it. That is right, isn't it? Yeah, Gareth Evans. Yeah. Uh, he mentions about how, like, he's dead, he's dead like, self-deprecating. And he's saying, like, obviously... I can't edit for shit and stuff, so that's why in the film, you know, I've cut all over the place and stuff. And it's like, no, you did a great job. No. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. really well cut. It it's really well directed, kind of thing. <laughs> One of the best documentaries I ever watched was is called uh, Dear Zachary. I've probably mentioned it on the uh, podcast before, but 
one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. It's got the most intense camera work like ever. Like you know the cuts yeah. and the editing and stuff. Like it's all it's just bang, bang, bang for the whole documentary. Like it's relentless. In for the subject matter of that documentary, it works perfect. But you can tell it's a guy who's just who's made a film, and that's been the intention. But yeah, it, it's it's jarring, but in in the way that you would hope it for it to be. If you get me, yeah. I've still not watched it yet, that. Yeah, I need to rewatch that. We'll do a pod on it. The most depressing also, pod ever. <laughs> <laughs> we should do it. We should should do that. The depression pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just one one final note in man that I've got yeah. here. Uh, one thing that I feel like this is like almost like a this is totally I'm probably totally wrong on this, but there's like a an old man with the police and an older guy who's almost like kind of running the show. Yeah. He's the reason why they're there and stuff. The lieutenant. He's what, sorry, mate? He's uh, the lieutenant, isn't he? Ah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, I feel like his whole thing just doesn't need to be in the film whatsoever. Like, I feel it's almost as if, like, he might be like a character from an earlier draft of the film that just can, like... Mm. As it got rewritten and stuff, he just kind of like got pushed to the side and they forgot to take back the film. You know what I mean by that? Because I don't think he's really needed whatsoever. He just kind of hangs around, does some weird like yeah. counter turn towards the end for like no reason whatsoever, really. And it's just a bit yeah. like you could probably do away with him. Yeah. I know what you mean because it's sort of like he just hangs around and it's like he doesn't. <sighs> he's meaningful to the storyline because he's the one who has a connection to Tanner yeah um, and things like that so it's and then Tanner references back to uh, yeah at the very end at the very end um, but I just feel like you could streamline all that just get rid of all that and just have it that the police turned up to arrest him kind of thing you know what I mean like just yeah it just feels, that... feels like a weird subplot that you don't need for this film kind of thing but I'm probably totally wrong on that there's probably like some vital reason that I forgot about <laughs> I think <laughs> why, why he had to be there but I think like it seemed like the reason that he had to be there was that so that they couldn't call him back up, otherwise that they would have just been able to call in more and more police or something. Ah, you're right. Yeah. So maybe a, maybe that's why. Dodgy deal into. Yeah. So they shouldn't yeah. have been there. The police didn't actually know they 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 were there. They were just on a on they were there on his watch basically, weren't they? You're right. Um, yeah, he's there because, like, I say he's. He's the reason they can't get any reinforcements in it. So I feel like keep it to that point, then just kill him at that point. <laughs> get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, because in a behind the scenes, in a in a behind the scenes, he says that him as an actor uh, has an injured leg, so he can't do a lot of the uh, action work. So he asked in pre-production, he asked. <laughs> Uh, Gareth Evans to go easy on him. And I feel like a load of the other actors must have been like, "Well, we're doing all the hard work here in the big and sort of like loads of like the big action stunts and everything like that." While he's just stood at the back, going like, just throwing a few punches here and there. <laughs> exactly. That's why it, that's why it feels unnecessary because he barely does anything. Yeah. If he was at least fighting. There's one bit where you mentioned like different fight styles. He's almost like a 
professional wrestling or something because at one bit it's just like whacking people with chairs and stuff. You threw a chair. <laughs> yeah. When that happened, I was like, oh, it's so out of, it, it's out of, out of kilter. Out with with yeah. 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 I, I Everybody, every else I do is like, that bit. Yeah, you know, pirouettes and stuff are like amazing roundhouse kicks. They just got a chair just whacking people. <laughs> really slowly turned around, threw a chair, and then threw a punch yeah. at someone. And I was like, ah, uh, it's, it's breaking down with you a bit. <laughs> I think he even pushes a family cabinet on top of someone at one point. Yeah, I did find that quite funny. That's like in the uh, drug lab section. Yeah, it? the meth lab thing. Yeah. 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 I know you, I know exactly what you mean about him. Great film, yeah. though. I would say the best action film ever. Really? Yep. Ooh. It is I'm that good. I'm going to have to watch this one, aren't I? I'm going to have to watch this. Definitely. I think you'll like it, mate. You can't not like the action in it, you know what I mean? It's like so like intense and stuff. Yeah. 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 No, I'll, I'll definitely be seeking this one out after hearing uh, your comments on it. Yeah. Do you want in some... I was going to say, do you want some trivia? Yeah, go for it, yeah. I would love some trivia. Uh, the original title... Uh, Taken. <laughs> <laughs> Taken 4. Uh, this, uh, Serbian Muat uh, means death raid in English. I'm guessing that's the Indonesian sort of like translation. Right, what um, does... Uh, what's Barandal? Is that the raid 2? I'm sure one of his films is called Barandal or something, and it means something in, in Thai. The, the first one, or the, one of the first ones that you did is called, yeah, Maran, Marantau, did you say, sorry? Oh, let's just say, yeah, that's, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the, fir- that's the first one that he did with Eco um, a few years ways. before, which is based, yeah, which is based on that fighting style. Ah, uh, right, right. Um, What's the fighting style? Uh, Silat, as a, uh, I think it's called. I'll leave it. Another Star Wars callback. <laughs> <laughs> Despite the fact that the movie's tagline mentions 34s of chaos, the apartment building in the, in the movie only features 15 if you count the ground floor. It's a weird thing to lie about, isn't it? Yeah. I did. Yeah. yeah. When I saw that on the tagline, I was like, that's. Why would you put yeah, that on the tagline? <laughs> Um, have you heard of the Wilhelm scream? Of course. Yeah, is that is that in this film? Yeah. Yes. Uh, during the first shootout, when a gangster is thrown out the window, apparently that is when it is heard. It's the perfect way of doing it. Someone fall out a window. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You've got to be falling off something, haven't you, to do it? Yeah, definitely. Like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, do you want to? Well, Joe, you've not seen it, so JT, do you want to take a, t- a, a guess at the total body count of the film? Total body count, Jesus. <laughs> 15 floors. Say 11, 11 people per floor. I like that you're doing an actual calculation. Yeah. The total body count, I'm going to say, well, I'm going to it because I've just probably worked out to be more than this, but I'm going to say 71. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in with uh and and uh, 124. That, that might be right to be honest with you. You are extremely close. 121. Oh, I got that. I should have gone with 
Should have gone with working out theory, should I? <laughs> I just want off descriptions. <laughs> um, the also of note, uh, Mike Shinoda did the US soundtrack for Lovely. it. Uh, for ah, well that's, well, that's interesting. Uh, I've watched the final fight on YouTube loads. And when I came to watch the film again, the soundtrack's totally different from this YouTube clip, which I guess must right. be the US clip, maybe. Yeah. But also, whoever put the uh, the video together, this is actually one minor complaint with the film. During that final fight, they cut away halfway through to show you what the old guy's up to, and then go back to the fight again. And it's yeah. just like, you don't cut away from that fight, like, no. show the whole thing. Like, <laughs> and it, just that one little bit, like, kills the momentum kind of thing. It's like, just, just yeah. stick with it. I thought I noticed that from the first time that I watched it, I thought it was a total one run through yeah. that, that final fight. And then when I watched it this time, I thought that it weirdly cut away at one point, which I didn't I didn't remember from the first time that I watched it. Yeah, I'm the same. Again, I think it's like a Mandela effect because I've watched the, this YouTube video so much that they've just must have edited that part out and put the whole fight together. Yeah. It works. You wouldn't even know watching it. It works so well. So I don't, I don't know why... He would do that, like it's like the best fight in the film. You don't want to cut away to see what that old geese is. No. Yeah, um, yeah, that's all I've got. I think. Are you, what are you rating it? Uh, yeah, I'm giving it a five. John's giving it yeah, a shocking one. Five out of five. <laughs> best action film ever. Best action film ever. Ready Better now. than Die Hard. Oh, we're getting complaints. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be uh, big in Thailand, though. They'll love us for this. <laughs> <laughs> See them uh, Thai listenership uh, rising up. Uh, merch sales going up as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Well, fantastic then. Um, yeah, okay. I, I enjoyed listening to that. Cheers, guys. Good, good. Um, any final things you want to touch on before we shoot? I don't think so, but I mean... Uh... We're coming to the end of lockdown now. How do you guys feel about in a few weeks maybe having a meetup podcast? Definitely, I am definitely up for that. We need to we need to reconvene. Um, yeah, and get um, bang out a pod. What we'll do is yeah, we'll meet up somewhere. We'll do a swab testing at the door to make sure no one's got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Substitutes ready. Yeah, Donald, <laughs> back on. So. Um, Right, okay, lads. Uh, I enjoyed that. It was it was good to catch up. Um, look after yourselves in lockdown, uh, and listeners, look look after yourselves if you're listening. Well, you'd, yep. if, you, if you were listening, you'd technically be a listener. Um, so yeah, so just uh, yeah, cheers, guys. Cheers, and I think this will be our, our last lockdown pod then, probably. Might be if we if we do out of lockdown soon. Yeah, yeah. I'll miss yeah. lockdown a little bit. I will a little bit. It's probably for the best, though it does end. But yeah. <laughs> it's one of them, and it's like, oh, I wish I could just work from home. Then you start working from home, and you're like, oh, I kind of want to go back to work now. <laughs> yeah, I'm dying from a heart attack. I need to go back to work. <laughs> I need to, I need to move. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm slowly dying at home. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, um, but yeah, look after yourselves, everyone, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll speak to you soon. Yep. Cheers. See you later. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye.